And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gizmondi. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. Welcome uh, to the show today. Uh, just before we get going, uh, last Wednesday in the Salute section of the Vancouver Sun, I had uh, run a story about building a Canadian wine cellar. It's the first time I've ever done that. I had quite a big reaction from uh, readers. Uh, so if you missed that, uh, you can uh, log on to the Vancouver Sun, uh, just put Salute and Gizmondi, and then I think you'll be able to find building a Canadian wine cellar. Uh, when you think about it, we built cellars. I built cellars when I was young, but never with any Canadian wines, always with you know foreign wines. At that time, there was no Canadian wine worth cellaring. But now there is, and uh, so we broke it down into three areas, uh, three to five years, uh, five to seven years, and seven to ten years, with uh, the wines that were selected were for you to choose uh, so that you can put your cellar together and then drink some of it and wait for some, and then you know that's how it works. You rotate them in and out. I had one question from a reader which I thought was kind of interesting. Wanted to know what it meant to cellar a wine. When do you cellar a wine? When? What is the year it starts? Three to five, five to seven, whatever. And, of course, it's the vintage year. I didn't mention that. So if the wine is 2020 and it'll cellar for seven to ten years, then you can keep it till 2027 through 2030. That's the seven to ten year period. It's always related to the vintage that the wine was made in. So I just thought I'd get that out there. You guys can check out the cellar. A lot of great picks there. Uh, also, these are not off the top of my head. I've been drinking these wines for 20 years now, and I know which ones age and which ones don't. Uh, so we tried to give you the the real goods on wines that will keep in your cellar. Now, on today's show, Kevin Klippenstein joins us. He's the owner of Clippers Organic Acres in Coston. We'll talk about his burgeoning empire up there. And Kiri Mahar joins us to talk about a FIKA, F-I-K-A. Now, a fika is basically coffee with friends, but uh, it's a Swedish custom, and it's kind of a fun idea to hear about. Uh, Also joining us today, Harry Hertzig. He's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival. He's got new dates for us. The new festival is coming up. It's going to be a spring festival this year, folks, so you won't want to miss that. But up next, Carmen D'Onofrio of Style Wines uh, joins us to talk about a resurgence in delicious Italian white wines. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. Don't go away. We'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Winter blues? Change them to red, white, and more at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher in West Kelowna. Stop in for free tastings in the wine shop. Enjoy happy hour at the Modest Butcher and dig into the new Modest Brunch every Sunday. Plus, watch for the launch of the Modest Tribute Dinner Series, one night to experience delicious flavors from around the world. For more details, visit ModestButcher.com. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover gold. 
it's the season for big, bold red wines at Gold Hill Winery in Oliver. We've built our reputation on age-worthy Bordeaux-style reds. Join our wine club today and receive a $25 gift along with other fantastic benefits. For more information, go to goldhillwinery.com. Discover gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Sell smart, buy with confidence. Whatever your unique real estate situation is, Ryan Duffy is the expert you can count on to make a decision you won't regret. From Kelowna to Assis, Ryan will ensure you have all the information to find a home that fits your budget, family, and lifestyle. With 18 years of experience as a managing broker, brokerage executive, and a multi-year award-winning realtor, you can count on Ryan. It's your choice. Choose wisely. Choose Ryan Duffy for all your Okanagan-based real estate needs. To connect with Ryan, visit southokanaganhomes.ca. Now, back to BC Food & Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from Victoria to Golden and all other 18 cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Carmen D'Onofrio today. He's a partner of Style Brands Wine Agency, specializing in uh, imported wines, although he also has uh, his foot in British Columbia wine sales as well. Carmen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk to you because it's been such a long haul for importers, whether, you know, trying to get listings, trying to sell wines, restaurant closed. How, how, how has the pandemic uh, impacted your business and how are you looking today? Well, you know, it's obviously been a challenge. Uh, uh, like most Canadians, uh, the pandemic was, uh, was long and, and um, um, difficult at times. It made us kind of reshift or refocus our business more on retail than, say, with uh, licensees and restaurants. But, um, you know, the important thing was to, to get through it. And we're very hopeful that the future here now, once we get out of this pandemic, as things are starting to open up, uh, looks bright. So that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. We hear a lot about deliveries and supply chain issues. I, I imagine it's been uh, big in the wine business and, and uh, apparently costly as well. Yes. Prices have all gone up for, for freight of whether it's a container, shipping line, storage, uh, handling um that's real. The inflation uh, in the in, in the business has gone up, and besides that, a lot of the suppliers, a lot of the wineries, are facing increased costs too, which is dry goods, whether it's mm-hmm. capsules, uh, cartons, corks, uh, glass, all that. So yeah. it's it's across the board, and it's around the world. And in in BC, I don't know whether people really understand, but we have this tax that doesn't go away, and of course, uh, as prices go up and and these uh, everything gets added on to shipping. It just gets multiplied by the by the ad valorem tax. Has, has there been any talk between distributors and the government about adjusting that tax when these kind of things come up? Not that I'm aware of. I think that uh, those those discussions haven't uh, that haven't happened. I think uh, I think government, uh, just like uh, private business and consumers, are looking to see where the where the pandemic uh, goes now and and how people recover. And then I think yeah. they'll try to make adjustments from there. And they need more money than ever, so <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that hopeful. Prices are going to go down. Uh, well, let's talk about something more fun, and that's wine. And, and in particular today, I want to talk about the sort of resurgence in white wine, in Italian white wine. A lot of interest in it. Uh, I, I don't know. Is it wine related, food related, appellation related? Well, how would you describe this this sort of growing interest in in Italian white wines? 
Well, I, th- I think there's a lot of factors that uh, have contributed to it, um, you know, for this Italian white wine renaissance, if you want to call it that. But um, uh, Italy, and people forget this, Italy makes wonderful red wines, Barolo, Brunello, Amberoni, Super Tuscans. People love them and adore them, and they're wonderful wines. But Italy's a peninsula, and it's surrounded by water on three sides, and, and, and seafood and, and lighter cuisine is, is a staple also of the Italian diet. And white wine is, is very important to the Italian culture. And, and these, these wines now are just... Um, um, being discovered in some ways by by you know overseas uh, markets and they're realizing how good they are and and their mm-hmm. history and and how you know more than anything how versatile they are and, and and adaptable and it's it's showing it's showing so well our guest is carmen d'onofrio he's a partner of style wine uh, wine distributors we're talking about italian white wines this resurgence uh, I think one of the other things we tend to forget about, you, you mentioned, sure, we know Barolo, we know Barbaresco, we know, we know the great wines of Italy, but just like everywhere else in the world, over the last 35 to 45 years, wines like Suave, wines like Verdicchio, uh, you know, wines wines that we didn't look sideways at have really improved uh, their quality and their prices remain, you know, relatively stable compared to, say, White Burgundy or some of these wines that are, are so expensive now. Uh, there's a lot of innovation in Italy, and there's a, but there's also a lot of antiquity. It's a nice kind of mix. Yes, very much so. And, and you see the, the innovation coming through the winemaking, but you also see them almost um, doubling down on, on, uh, on things that they've done historically, going back to cement tanks and, and looking at, at optimum time of picking grapes, you know, especially yep. now with climate change. So when's, uh, when's the optimum time to pick certain varietals? And, and that's always being tested and, 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 and re-examined. And I think you see that in the freshness of the white, especially. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a market with uh, crab, uh, fa- you know, fabulous Dungeness crab. We've got all kinds of shellfish, uh, oysters, mussels, uh, you name it, uh, plus all the rest of the seafood that we're surrounded by. So I asked you today to talk about two or three whites uh, that you have in the market, which I think are really cool wines. So what will we start with? Let's start with Umani, Umami, Umami, I want to say Umami, Umani Ronki. <laughs> you got food on uh, <laughs> Tell us about this uh, this Verdicchio. It's a, it's such a terrific wine. Yeah, it's the Umani Ronki Casal di Serra, and Casal di Serra is a single vineyard site in, in uh, Yezi, uh, Yezi, and it's um, Verdicchio is a wonderful wine for Wines um, for food that you suggested, crab, oysters, um, because it's actually a, a, a saline uh, quality to the wine. And the region that it's from, Le Marche, all, uh, means the marshes in Italian. So this is this is land that was underwater for 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 thousands of years. So in the soil, you find shellfish, you find uh, um, um, sea rock, you find yep. um, minerality that just makes this wine so conducive for for uh, seafood. Yeah, and uh, cur- currently available at a fantastic price. I believe it's uh, is it just under twenty dollars in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, it's nineteen ninety nine, and we're on the twenty twenty vintage. And um, it's uh, screw cap, which uh, which I know consumers love. And trying the wine, it just shows how um, again versatile the white is. But also, mm-hmm. too, that's a wine. Verdicchio is a wine. It's one of the white wines of Italy that actually actually can age very very well. Yeah. 
yeah. fabulous wine, folks. Check it out uh, under Screw Cap. So much fun, and uh, it's kind of I would describe it as a wine for wine drinkers too. So it's not it's it's not an ordinary wine. It's pretty exciting, and with seafood, uh, really, uh, it's really a terrific match. Now, Vermentino is another variety that we hear a lot about in Italy. Uh, tell us about this grape and, and the wine that you're selling. I, I love Vermentino. We, we introduced Vermentino almost a dozen years ago into the market uh, from our Jolis, the Costa Molino Vermentino. And Sardinia, the island off the coast of Italy, is where Vermentino's actually found, you know, arguably it, its best home. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's another great wine, and by the way, I love the label on these two wines. These sort of classic white labels with uh, yeah. uh, simple printing. The, the whole package looks so inviting, and uh, I think it's part of you know it's part of wine understanding wine, drinking wine, liking wine uh, to have a great package as well. So that's terrific. Now, For Pinot sure. Grigio, and, and, and and sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that, go ahead. We're on the 2020 vintage of the Vermentino, but I think you'll be happy to hear this, and so will your listeners. The 2021 vintage that's uh, on the water and will be arriving late spring will be under screw cap. Fantastic. That's the best yes. <laughs> That's the best news yet, so we can get at her. Yes. Uh, now you're a really brave guy selling Pinot Grigio, you know, made with the Pinot Gris grape to British Columbians. So tell us about the, this is a really special property, Di Leonardo, how how hard is it to sell Pinot Grigio to people in BC? Well, uh, British Columbians love Pinot Grigio, but there's a lot of competition, obviously, for Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio because of uh, uh, local d- domestic uh, production. Mm. But uh, I really, I really love the wines of Di Leonardo. He um, his name is Max Maximiliano, and he's just a wonderful gentleman. The owner of the, uh, of the estate, the winery, and his family's had it for 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 three generations. But he he um, He's all about um, wanting to provide the best of his territory, the best of his land, at a great value so people can experience it. He's all about the pleasures of life. He's, he's, he's an ex-professional uh, volleyball player and who was just a, an amazing player, apparently. I've never seen him play, but everybody yeah. was saying he, he was just naturally gifted. And he just, he just wants the, everybody to enjoy his wines, and, and the price points are fantastic, and the quality is outstanding. Yeah, 1899, a northern Italian white wine, so it has that, that skinny minerality as well uh, going for it. Uh, so it, it's kind of wine that I would say to British Columbians, you know what, pick up a bottle of Di Leonardo and then grab your favorite BC Pinot Gris, serve them together, and just learn a little bit about yep. uh, you know the, what makes wines different because of you know where they're grown. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating experiment. I totally uh, agree. Our guest is Carmen D'Onofrio. I, I couldn't let you possibly go without having a quick chat about Commercial Drive. Uh, oh, okay. I know that, that you've been known as the mayor of Commercial Drive. Uh, uh, what's going on down on the drive? And I hear you're, you're are you back in command or what's happening well, I, there? Well, yeah, I tried, I tried to get away for, for a little while. <laughs> and, uh, I got pulled back in to, to be the president of the business society again. But uh, the drive, the drive is great. I mean, um, during the pandemic, obviously it was tough for everybody, but you know the drive has a lot of um, character and a lot of uh, local support. And it was great. We were able to get through uh, the pandemic. Now that things are opening up, you see the energy uh, on the drive, and I think a lot of people uh, too. You know, obviously all the situations that happened in downtown Vancouver during the pandemic the last couple of years. I think people started to understand how how cool and authentic this street is. So. I think I think coming out of the pandemic, I think the drive is going to benefit from that. 
Commercial Drive, of course, in, in uh, downtown Vancouver, just to the east of downtown Vancouver. Uh, can you give us one? I, I know you probably can't favor anybody, but w- what would be a nice restaurant for people to check out on the drive or a coffee shop, perhaps? Well, I can give you a, a few if that's okay. 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 So I would go for a coffee at uh, Livia. It's a new uh, coffee bakery that opened up uh, just before the pandemic, and they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, and then I would go to Oka, which is a pasta house that's also new, just opened up before the pandemic, right across from Grandview Park. Their pasta is fantastic. That's what they do. They do starters and then just pastas. So no no entrees, no, no meat right. or fish. It's a, it's a pasta place and absolutely uh, fantastic. And then I would finish off with uh, great wine and cocktails at Bar Corso up the street. Wow. Carmen, always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, glad to hear that you're still around and thriving in business. And uh, while well, we look forward to chatting with you in the future about uh, more things, perhaps on commercial drive and, of course, with all the wines that you're selling <laughs> here in British Columbia. Thanks so Any much for joining us. Thank you for having us. That was Carmen D'Onofrio. He's a partner of Style Brian's uh, Wine Agency in Vancouver. Where we've been talking about Italian wines, but there's plenty more to come on the show Uh, The show, by the way, is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia, and it's also by demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to farm-to-table cuisine. Enjoy a delectable menu in a gorgeous restaurant where casual meets elegant. Sip and savor refreshingly delicious wines overlooking panoramic vineyard views. Reserve today at unsworthvineyards.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures. Visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class, locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. It doesn't have to be alcohol to be rock and roll. It just has to be naughty. Bring the party with Naughty from Thompson & Scott. Beautifully crafted, organic, vegan 
alcohol-free sparkling wines that have taken the drinks industry by storm. Beautiful bubbles. No alcohol, no compromise. So go ahead, get naughty. You've got nothing to lose but your preconceptions of what alcohol-free can be. Visit softcrush.ca for more details. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Why I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time, I go. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout out to all the bounce radio stations across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is Harry Hertzschag. Uh, he's the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival, which is officially back this spring. Harry, welcome to the show. Hello, Anthony. Hey, talking about wine festival puts a pep in my step, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, you sort of got away with the last one, which was kind of a nice bullet dodge, but uh, it's been a while. Uh, I, can you tell me now, what will the number be this year, the the edition? Oh, that's, <laughs> I've lost count. I know we started in 1979, <laughs> and so <laughs> in, okay. in 2020, I'm sure we had what? Was it the 42nd? I think it's the 43rd. 40, yeah. 43rd. And we're going to say annual, like but it's it. definitely 43rd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the dates, Harry, what what have you set up? Because it's going to be totally different for people. Yeah, I was just thinking, that seeing the weather in February, it's kind of a, that nip in the air. I feel like Wine Festival is just around the corner at the end of February, early March. But no, because of, uh, because of the pandemic, we're swerving and we've swerved to the middle of May, the week of May 16th to 22nd. It's the first time wow. we've ever been in May. Wow, it could be warm and sunny. <laughs> it could be anything in it May. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, folks, so you heard it here first. May 16th to the 22nd, you should jot down those dates. Uh, yeah, but I imagine it's going to be different this year. What can you tell us about uh, at, at this point about the show? I know there's a lot of things up in the air, but what, what have you got going on? Well, we've been uh, planning on this for feels like months and even maybe a couple of years. And with the pandemic conditions and not knowing exactly how it's all going to play out, we're just going to cap the tasting room at 50% capacity. Oh, so the, I like that. I know. <laughs> you're never going to have more elbow room than yeah. this year. So whether the restrictions are, you know, no restrictions at all, we could be 100% or 50%. We're just going to cap everything at 50%. I mean, it's tough on the budget because expenses, uh, event expenses haven't gone down, and we're going to cut our revenue by, by half. But it's the right thing to do, and we want people to feel safe, and um, we want to make sure that this festival pulls off. The other thing is there's going to be a few less events. We're still doing the seven days. But okay. Rather than having a choice between three, four, five events at the same time, maybe the choice will be one or two events. But we're ready mm-hmm. to go mid-May and um, looking forward to having fun. Yeah. The joy of wine tasting, tasting wine in person. In Tony, person. we miss it. I like the sound of that. Our guest is Harry Hertzschag. He's the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival, uh, letting us know that they're back on May 16th through the 22nd. Now, uh, since you've been away, virtual tastings have been have taken off. Will we have any of those, or will it be all in person? We have did a little bit of virtual tastings when we did an online auction as our festival substitute last year, and uh, it works great if you're a winery and you've got product to sell, but we're, we're a live experience, and um, I think people miss, like, 
at a seminar, having like 12 wines in front of you and being able to look at them and smell them and taste them. Yeah. It's not the same, the virtual experience. And no. so um, we're going to just embrace live and in person. It's the best <laughs> way to experience a hockey game. And yeah. uh, it's the best way to taste a lot of wines. The number one reason people come to the wine festival is to f- discover new wines. And there's yeah. nothing like it to taste 30 or 40 wines in one evening. I, I was thinking, of course, the festival has a long history, as you say, over 43 years. So the pandemic, although it probably has been one of your greatest challenges, there have been many other challenges to, to put on a wine festival every year. Uh, anyone that strikes you as 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 uh, you know something that was a was a huge challenge, maybe more than dealing with the pandemic. Oh, you mean the years where where it feels like pushing two or three boulders up a hill rather than just one? Yes. Yeah. Well, when the or... playhouse when the playhouse closed, yeah. and uh, that was pretty traumatic, and we incorporated as a new society, and uh, and then we. Uh, collaborated with Bart on the Beach, and they became our new charitable partner. That transition was uh, was very challenging. Each year, I never take the festival for granted. I find each one can be quite challenging, particularly mm-hmm. certain countries might be more challenging to be a theme country than others. Um, I sometimes uh, describe putting on a wine festival with 50 to 55 events is like putting on you know, if that's your idea of a good time is to organize 50 to 55 wine festival events, it's like, hey, knock yourself out and organize 50 or 55 weddings in one week if that's, yeah. if that's your idea of a good time. Oh, my God. <laughs> that scares <laughs> but, me. <laughs> I know, but it's, uh, it's the enjoyment of the consumers and the trade to come and learn about wine and, and embrace yeah. that wine culture. <clears throat> Well, you mentioned uh, themes, Harry. Uh, I know that South America was going to be the theme originally in 2021. Uh, so is that going to happen this year? Or how, how will the theme thing go for for uh, 2022? It takes a good long run. We need a long runway to do a theme, like a good year. So we're hoping to do South America as our theme continent in 2023. So this year we're going to put our spotlight on Vancouver, the Vancouver International Wine Festival in downtown Vancouver, we've got a great promotion, uh, stayvancouverhotels.com. We're offering a free international festival tasting ticket when you book a downtown hotel. What a great reason on the May yeah. long weekend, wherever you are in the province, the Okanagan, Vancouver Island, the north, come on down and enjoy the world of wine here in Vancouver. Beautiful scenery, Stanley Park, restaurants. It's it's. The spotlight yeah, going to be on ourselves. I think it's a Having great thing. Fun in and, Vancouver. Uh, yeah, getting support from all the local uh, restaurants that are ready to go and. Uh Having having uh, well, at least uh, let's say twelve to fifteen thousand people in the city over that week, that would be that would be fantastic business for everybody. Uh, so March second, you can't get in before that, right, Harry? You got to wait till March second. Don't bother flooding the site until then, uh, and then you can uh, get started. VanWineFest.ca. We're still uh, going through the process of selecting wineries and organizing events, but the the tasting room tickets go on sale March second. The StayVancouverHotels.com free ticket offer starts March 2nd. We'll be announcing mm-hmm. the wineries soon afterwards. And then the special events like the dinners and the seminars, trade tickets, that'll all happen in in April. And I think the best thing to do is to sign up on our e-newsletter. We, we can't afford as much printing anymore because, well, our budget's a bit depleted. So please sign up 
go to vanwinefest.ca, sign up for e-newsletter, and then you'll know everything that you need to know about hotels, restaurants, events. Okay. And uh, one of the biggest events is the gala. Will it be back this year? Yes. <laughs> one of the most exciting things about yes, last week's announcement from the provincial health officer, uh, Bonnie Henry, was that we can now have dancing again at the gala. So we're going to have a live gala, five courses, ten wines, the full-on wine and food extravaganza. And then after the live auction, if current conditions continue, the band's going to strike up and we're going to do dancing, dancing at the gala. Okay. Well, I love and it. And funds uh, raised for Bar on the Beach, and that's going to be, the Bacchanalia Gala is going to be on Tuesday, May 17th. That sounds great. I, I know you can't confirm anything, but have you had interest from, from international wineries now? I mean, I'm sure a lot of BC wineries will be involved, but are the internationals at least uh, asking or wondering about it? Yeah, you, BC wineries are, are very keen. Uh, we've waived our requirement that a principal have to be, has to be in attendance this year. We've not done that before, but we're hoping that lots of principals still come when it, when it ends up being in May in a beautiful month. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of interest from international. And I was thinking the one country that just seems to be so keen on traveling, the principles, huge interest from Italy. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I have they a message for, I have a message for BC winery principles. Uh, we've been supporting you like crazy for the last three years. The least you could do is come down to the festival for a couple of days and pour your wines. Uh, I think it would be greatly appreciated by a public that's uh, done a lot for for the local industry over the last couple of years. So if that helps out, Harry, let's get him in the room. I appreciate it. You know, it it takes a sustained effort year in, year out to build the wine and food culture. It's not like you can take a year off. So I appreciate your comments. And there's work to do, and and we're going to bring joy to to people uh, on the May long weekend. Six sessions of the tasting room, consumers trade. This city is famous for its wine and food culture. We've got to keep going. I'm just thinking about all those doors perhaps being open out to the deck along the Trade and Convention Center, and uh, who knows what could be done outside there, Harry. Well, I've been talking to the convention center. They're a great partner, and they've been talking about, you know, what's plan B, what's plan C, you know, fresh air. Right? Yeah, fresh air. and uh, Well, we'll see. Maybe we can get some help from uh, liquor distribution and uh, have something outside as well along there. It would, it would be kind of fun. Uh, in any event, big undertaking, lots of people watching, a lot of people waiting, and uh, I hope that they'll uh, be online uh, ready to uh, Buy their tickets on March 2nd to the Vancouver International Wine Festival, year 43. Harry, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, real pleasure to talk to you. I know you got a lot to do, but uh, good luck with it all, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for having me on the show, and I look forward to seeing all the wine lovers out there at the Vancouver International Wine Festival this year. Thank you so much. Thank you. Harry Hertzsteg, uh he heads up the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Listen, folks, we're going to take a bit, a bit of a break, but we'll be back. And when we come back, we're going to have a fika. If you don't know what a fika is, you'll have to come back and join us for one. On the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. 
This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony. I don't really ever want to talk, 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 talk. Only really ever want to. Guess I'm going back to the side, 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 side. At least this money never really Welcome side, back side, uh, to the show. Our next topic is uh, Fika. I said earlier, I don't know if you know about it. Uh, it's a fascinating Swedish concept uh, built around coffee, but it's so much more than that. And uh, to explain this concept, uh, we have reached out to Vancouverite and Curry Maharg. She's a first-generation Canadian who grew up with a Swedish mother and a Finnish father, and she lived for a year in Sweden in high school. Uh, and in Curry, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, well, listen, let's, let's begin with what a fika is and, and maybe uh, what your first fika experience was. Well, I believe my first fika experience was probably happened very early because my mother would always and my father would always set aside some time, uh, especially on a weekend, to sit down with some baked goods and make a coffee and uh, just have some time to enjoy good food and uh, yeah, just a cup of coffee, usually with home baking. 
And yeah. uh, my mother also made a point of, of celebrating certain things uh, on, on usually on Sundays that were parts of the sort of the, the calendar in Sweden. So before Christmas, it would be Advent Fika. Um, before, as we as we counted down the the four the four Sundays before Christmas, and mm-hmm. in the spring it would be Easter Fika with special cream buns that go with that. Not not just for Easter, but all through the the weeks of Lent. So my parents didn't actually call it Fika. I don't think they just they just called it having coffee. And I learned the term when I went to Sweden. Yeah, well, it's uh, and apparently now, I mean, not now, but generally, it it has infiltrated the the culture of uh, of business in Sweden, and it's become part of the business day for for uh, for Swedes. And uh, I love this idea of, of them sneaking away for I don't know how long would a, a normal uh, fika be? Would it be ten or twenty minutes, or is it different everywhere? Uh, well, I only have limited experience of working in Sweden. So, you know, if you worked at a service injury, in, industry job, you probably wouldn't have Fika with your workmates. But if you worked in an office job, uh, mm-hmm. you would get together for 15 or 20 minutes. And especially if it was somebody's birthday or, you know, some kind of special event, there would always be, uh, you know, a little gathering in the in the conference room or the staff room and cake yeah. and coffee. <laughs> But it's and also it would seem to me it wouldn't it might be a place to talk about work, but it was more about talking about life or what was going on in your life or your coworkers' life or or something going on in the country. Just just a break generally. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, uh, I I guess my next question is probably obvious, but how is it different from having coffee in Canada? I mean, we we tend to go out for coffee, but how, how would you describe it? Uh, is it different than that, the concept? Well, I think the first difference is that you're always having usually something to eat with it, usually something a little treat, and often it's like a date. So you would like a date with a friend or something. Right. So you would make you would make plans to do it, and you would. Uh, sort of try to make it a special occasion in some way. So you you might go to a coffee shop, but you'd certainly set aside time to sit down and talk. Um, and you also, it often happens in people's homes in Sweden. Right. So you would go to somebody's house and they would have either gone to a bakery and bought some nice treats or they would make something home-baked, which is what my grandmother or my mother would always do. And, you know, if it was a sunny day, you would try to sit outside, maybe, enjoy the sunshine. Uh, the the treats would be presented on a nice platter. You know, it was just, there was an effort made to make it aesthetically and, uh, you know, food-wise pleasing. So yeah. it's, not, it's not just coffee, it's more about the ambience of the event. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I think for for all of us during the pandemic, the, the you know the idea of a fika I think is is quite uh, interesting because I think we all need to get away from life for a few minutes and and see some friends and interact, uh, mm-hmm. which is sounds like what it's all about. Uh, uh, it's it, it could be something for your mental health even more than than anything else. Absolutely, it's a way to connect with a friend and have some time to just sit and reflect. So especially during the pandemic, uh, when we couldn't actually meet each other 
indoors if it was a sunny day even in spring mm-hmm. we would just wrap up in in a in a jacket and put a blanket over our lap and sit in the sunshine and just share a coffee or a tea just just to sit down and just be for a little while yeah uh, our guest is Vancouverite in Kiri Mahark, and, and we're talking about the Swedish custom of fika, which has been spreading. I've been reading about stories in New York and, and other places around the world, uh, in Australia, where people have, have, have looked at this and sort of turned it around and made it their own, but have basically following this, this pattern of getting together with friends for a short period of time uh, and, and uh, having a cup of coffee and discussing uh, the, the life, I guess, in general. Uh, I really like this idea of making it special, though. Uh, uh, you mentioned your grandmother, so she would have like flower display or something, just something a little different every time she would hold it. Or was it more about the cakes? Or are they are they specific to the to this kind of meeting? Well, the historical cultural tradition uh, of inviting people over for coffee on an afternoon in Sweden uh, centers around seven types of cakes plus a yeasted bread and a cream cake. So that would be a formal equivalent of a, of a British cream tea. So there are even cookbooks that are called seven, seven types of cookies. <laughs> so that would be, that would be the, the traditional custom when women didn't work so much and they had a lot of time to uh, prepare all these things. But uh, even... Even now, you know, if people don't have time to bake, they would go to bakeries. And there are also in Sweden, you know, special bakeries that are that are purpose built for fika. So they are open daytime hours. I guess they're also open at night. But um, they provide open-faced sandwiches, sort of lunch menu, but a lot of selection of pastries. Mm. And so, and a lot of seating. So you could go there for your fika date and spend some time. You might even have lunch and then have pastries. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I know I know that our uh, researcher Sherry Caleb is involved in a small group that has been sort of traveling around uh, Vancouver coffee houses. How about you? Do you have Do you have a certain number of people that you meet? Uh, yes, I I usually meet one friend at a time. But uh, we definitely will either go out for a coffee or we'll meet at somebody's house, and uh, sometimes sometimes a group of us. That's always fun yeah. too. But it's usually easier to schedule one friend. <laughs> and yeah, so my grandmother she would on a she would on a Sunday have a bunch of her lady friends over, um, and she would always make something special, and there would always be fresh flowers on the on the coffee table. And everything would be laid out in a very nice way, and there would be lots of laughter and catching up on all their mutual friends. And you know, at that time, my my grandmother was fairly elderly, so she was, you know, a lot of those friends were ill or missing or whatever. So they would be reflecting on things they did in the past, or you know, how things were doing these days. And yeah, uh, yeah it was just a time to get together and 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 retain their connections. Uh, well, in Kiri, I just I just love it. Uh, 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 something new to me, and I'm uh, I hope to be able to practice it as much as possible moving forward because I just think that it's a fantastic idea. Stay in touch with your friends, and as you say, one at a time is even more interesting because uh, we never really have time to catch up with 
with all our friends uh, when we're all together at a party or whatever. So this this really appeals to me, and I, I hope uh, we can take some of that uh, from the Swedes and, in, and uh, make it our own here in British Columbia. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. All right. It doesn't have to be fancy. You know, like nowadays, no. somebody might just... Uh, you might just bake a scone or something like that and get together and have something something freshly baked is always really nice. Yeah, and, just terrific. Uh, yeah, and do it in the back garden. Do it outside a coffee shop. Look for a sunny day. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, That's not so easy in BC, but... Uh, no, uh, but... But we can find them. We can find them for sure. Of course, yeah. Well, thank you yeah, again. I hope, I, I, hope really we grow the, I hope we grow the tradition here for sure. We'll, we'll give it a go. Thanks so okay. much. Okay, thanks, that, Anthony. You're welcome. That was in Kiri Maharg. Uh, we've been talking about the Swedish custom of fika. Now, uh, you know the word fika originated, uh, it comes from the 19th century uh, word coffee, or cafe, as they would say, with a K, so K-A-F-F-I. Uh, but the Swedes switched positions of the two syllables, and they removed one of the uh, one of the Fs, and they ended up with fika. Uh, I believe it was all done during... Uh, uh, from time to time over the centuries, coffee had been banned uh, in Sweden, and so fika was kind of like a little secret uh, word to get together and have some coffee. And who doesn't like to get together and have coffee? Uh, even wine drinkers, uh, we like it as well. Uh, that was in Kiri Maharg on the Swedish concept of fika. Why not start your own fika with friends this weekend and, you know what, live life to the fullest? Now, up next, more stories on wine and food from the Similkameen with Kevin Klippenstein of Clippers Organic Acres. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuias. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures. Visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. 
Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as $399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is a Samil Kameen Valley fixture. Kevin Klippenstein joins us to talk about his burgeoning empire, Clippers Organic Acres, Clippers Guest Suites, Untangled Craft Cider, Row 14 Restaurant at Clippers, and... Uh, his latest venture, Clippers Marketplace and Cafe. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, well, we're delighted to have you. Uh, when we started talking about your anniversary, I was thinking, well, five years or whatever, 20 years. You're celebrating 20 years this year in the Valley. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it, it goes by quick. I didn't ever think that uh, in 2001 we'd be where we are today and 2022 <laughs> yeah what 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 was your background what would you tell you came out of you came out of fmb didn't you yeah yeah so i since i was 15 was like bussing tables and worked my way up into the kitchen and then into management and uh running food and beverage in a hotel and uh yeah i never i never thought i would actually have gone into farming back then uh but uh, the young age of 26, I decided to uh, kind of drop it all and go into farming with my wife who grew up organic farming. So she was the kind of the backbone behind the agriculture section and uh, yeah. I knew nothing and kind of put myself into it. <laughs> uh, you've got a lot going on at Clippers. How would you describe your, your empire now? Or what, 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 It seems focused, but it's all it, it's nicely tied together now. How how would you describe your enterprise to folks that are traveling up there? Well, it's interesting because when we first started, obviously we had no no desire or plan to make all these other enterprises, you could say. Uh, yep. But when we started uh, farming and really having that connection with the consumer, we wanted to have them be able to see what we're doing. So we started up the guest suites and had people so they can bring their whole family here, check out the farm. And then, of course, that just kind of rollercoasted into all these other things with uh, having a restaurant and be able to provide food for people right right on site. And then, of course, making cider, having all the apples that we, we grow, turn that into a nice craft cider. And then, of course, now with the marketplace and cafe, we kind of got people looked after with whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the, the thought of the cafe. I, I often say to, to uh, our director of ops, sometimes when we're leaving the valley, we come out of a Soyuz early in the morning, and we can't really get a decent coffee or something to eat that we really you know want to have all the way to Vancouver. Now we have a place to stop in because you're open quite early as well. Are you not open at 7 a.m.? Yep, correct, 7 a.m. We, we wanted to get that early morning crowd, people trying to go to work and Obviously, where we are, there's not really any kind of a cafe around between, I think, Princeton and Osoyoos. So we're kind of the midway point mm-hmm. between the two. And uh, 
Yeah, it was kind of one of those things that people were coming into the restaurant asking where they could buy the food. So we were like, well, let's just build a marketplace where people can actually go and buy the food. And then we thought, well, if we're doing this marketplace, let's let's give them a cafe. and a, So we have actually have a bakery and stuff in there, too, making yeah. fresh croissants and cinnamon buns. And that kind of Fantastic. goes hand in hand with our guest weeks, too. So, Yeah. Our guest is Kevin Klippenstein, uh, and we've been talking about uh, Clippers Organic Acres. By the way, folks, you can follow all of this uh, online. Uh, you can head out to the website, which is very simple, clippersorganics.com, to look at all these different things that are going on. Uh, let's talk a bit about the farm. Uh, I guess it's it's a bit early to talk about things growing at this point, but uh, they will get going soon. Organics is so big in the Similk. I mean, uh, have, you, have you been pleased with the way that it's grown since you've been there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think that's one of the reasons why we actually looked at Coston to begin with is we really, I was, my wife was born into organic farming and we were like, okay, where can we farm organically without worrying about neighboring sprays and the drifts and everything. Right. So that's where we found Coston. It was already uh, known as the organic farming capital of Canada. So we're like, okay, this is great. And then it, it was a great starting point for us because we started with five acres and as people were retiring, we just slowly took over land. So we went from five acres back then, and now we're farming 60 acres. So wow. pretty easy to just keep going into organics because that's all around us. So, yeah. Mm. Would you say that you have a specialty in terms of the farming or that, that, that you're known for? I mean, I know you have so many things available. but Yeah, I, I'd say it's... Uh, Farm ripens, like so tree ripened tomatoes or fruit. And then, of course, the, our tomatoes, we're really known for our tomatoes. Uh, we have a lot of high-end restaurants within Vancouver that take our tomatoes. But then now we're just doing everything, especially with the restaurant. We want to be able to grow everything that we can to fill those plates up. So we're doing all the herbs. We're doing uh, peppers, melons, eggplant. Like, So we're kind of known for having... Uh, quite a diverse amount of food. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, uh, you're making the cider. You mentioned that uh, you're in, you're in a pretty famous wine country. Do you have any ambitions in that, or are you leaving that to the wineries? Uh, we're we're leaving that to the wineries. Uh, we have some great wineries around us that we partner with uh, with the restaurant. And uh, I think the cider, we're we're making our own name for ourselves with the cider, and we're probably going to continue continue to do that just with some different. Like our, our newest one we did was the black plum basil. So just more culinary kind of creations for the cider, but uh, very, uh, very drinkable. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, I have stayed at the Clippers uh, guest suites. Uh, they're quite large, by the way. Uh, some of them will take six to eight people, uh, also pet-friendly. At least one of them is pet-friendly. It's right in the middle of the, of, of the farm. And it's a great place to strike out from every day if you want to explore the Similkameen with friends and, say, on a bicycle because uh, the roads are so flat there. So it's a really interesting setup, and uh, it's nice to see rooms uh, that large uh, that uh, to, to take that number of people right in the center of w w what's going on. So that's that's a really a cool place to check out Clippers Guest Suites. And now you can get coffee early in the morning and, uh, of course, all the fresh vegetables you want. And then you can eat in the vineyard at night. You actually stroll through the the uh, 
the vines, not the, sorry, the trees, uh, the pear trees, whatever, all the way over, the apricot trees over towards the uh, restaurant. It's really sensational. No driving involved, right over the restaurant and back and uh, with a great wine list. So uh, fantastic place to stay and uh, great to catch up with you uh, today, Kevin, and uh, hope uh, that the warm weather returns quickly and we uh, get on with the season. Yeah, exactly. I thought I thought we were there last week, and then uh, these cold temperatures came in and <laughs> kind of <laughs> changed things pretty quickly here. So, yeah, they'll be gone shortly, and uh, you'll be in the farm before you know it. Thanks so much. Uh, look forward to seeing you next. We're going to be on the road in uh, the Similkameen uh, next uh, sometime this spring, so we'll catch up with you then. Yep, sounds good. Looking forward to uh, hosting you. Yeah, great to see you. Kevin Klippenstein, he's the owner of Clippers Organic Acres, among many other things, guest suites, uh, cider, uh, now a new marketplace and cafe, and, of course, the Row 14 restaurant in the heart of the Smilkameen in Coston, uh, home to uh, the largest collection of organic uh, fruits and vegetables in Canada. That's it for this week's show. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Darren Regan. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gizmani, wishing you a relaxing weekend, maybe with a nice glass of wine or perhaps at a fika with some friends. We'll be back next week on our podcast and across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi. 